Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Everybody under the umbrella of Jesus Christ, everybody who is under the blood of Jesus is mightily privileged. You are privileged. The great thing about it is since you were not only found not guilty of all your sin, you were acquitted of all your sin. There is no record of wrongs. God is love, right? First John 4, 16. God is love. In love, there is no record of wrongs. First Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. There's no record of wrongs. It doesn't matter what life you have led. You are just as privileged as somebody who got saved when they were three and held on to, which is the best, by the way. But even if you got saved last week, you are equally privileged. You may not have the revelation of that yet, but you are equally privileged. There are things that we have that the world does not have, that the world can never have. We have those things. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, the baseline scripture of this message series. As his divine power has given to us all things, all things, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him. My people are destroyed for. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm going to tell you something. The most miserable people that I've ever met in my life are born-again believers. You need to understand that. It really is true. Why is that? Because they're actually destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you don't give everything that you have to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're actually out of covenant. You're not unsaved. You're just actually out of how the covenant works. If you are not all in, now here's Tom, we're saved by grace, not by works, but you discover the grace by works. You discover your privilege by works. If you don't pray, if you don't fast, if you don't worship, if you don't do those things, if you don't study the word of God, you'll be destroyed to some degree for lack of knowledge. Now what happens to the Christians is this. The world doesn't have this problem because the world has a hope. You're like, what in the world is this guy talking about? The world actually has a hope. For a Christian who gets saved, they have found out that there is no hope anywhere outside of Jesus. And then they don't sell out to that hope. They don't pray, they don't study, they don't worship, church is hit or miss. So then they become more empty than the world because there's no hope in the world, they know that. That's been burned to the ground. But the very thing that is supposed to be all of your hope is not sown into and be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. We are so hyper grace that we forget about all the verses in the Bible about works. People ought to memorize the entire second chapter of James. 
I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Those are concurrent verses. That's James 2, 18 and 19. Faith, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. I'm going in reverse order. That's James 2, 17. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but, is, but does not have works? Can faith save him? Whoops. James 2, 14. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James 2.26. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but there's nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? Faith, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. That's James 2.15 through 17. And then we just blow it, and we, and we think we're going to be happy if we blow off works. If you don't study the way that you should, if you don't pray the way that you should, fast the way that you should, fellowship the way that you should, you will worship somewhere. Every human being on planet Earth is two things. They are addicts, we are addicts, and we are worshipers. It all depends on what you're going to be addicted to, and it all depends on what you're going to worship. You will find something, and many people will find somebody to worship. It's what you're seeing with COVID right now. All the studies have come out and said that masks are completely and totally useless. But yet people still wear them. It doesn't help you if you're immunocompromised. They don't do a daggum thing. You are trying to stop a flea with a chain link fence. That is literally the way that it is. They do nothing but people, doctors are putting out, I'm on Twitter all the time. Doctors are putting out social media posts with their masks on saying that everybody still needs to be safe and needs, needs to be cautious. And I always send back to them, of course, I never get a reply. <laughs> Doctor, I want you to reply to this using the science. If a COVID-19 particle is 0 0.06 to 0.14 microns, so if the largest COVID-19 particle on planet Earth is 0.14 microns, and an N95 mask starts blocking particles at 0.14, Three microns? What's the point of the mask that you're wearing? When even an N95 cannot stop particles that are three times the size of COVID-19. But yet people still espouse it because they will worship something even if it's stupid. When the football season starts, you'll see those worshipers come out. They're very devout. They're very devout worshipers. They paint their faces. They have, they have their communion. It's called tailgating. I was driving here and I saw a bunch of guys riding bikes that pulled out of a, uh, you know, one of the retirement villages. I'm like, man, you ought to be riding that bike to church. 
You've got, you've got your, they got some kind of bird on the back. There's some sort of club. People will find something. They always will. We are addicts and we are worshipers. It all depends on what you're going to be addicted to and what you're going to worship. And the most miserable people on earth are those who are saved but don't sell out to Jesus. You know it's you, if it's you. You already know it. And I see it all the time. Christians always go back. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. We're privileged, but we're, we're limited if we turn back. I see Christians just as often turning to motorcycles as I do the unsaved. Got to find something to fill that void. They'll turn to their own mental illness. They'll turn to self-worship. They'll turn to their businesses. They'll turn to biblical principles that are not God. Prosperity is not God. Healing isn't God. God does those things. But instead of actually, or they'll worship, worship. Because all of it is actually easier than worshiping God. Let me ask you this question. Don't answer out loud. Which is easier, to love God or love people? Don't answer. You'll be wrong. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So which one's easier? It's easier to love people than it is to love God. Where do you get that from? That's just the Bible. First John chapter 4, 19 and 20. Are you ever going to get to the verses they put on the screen? Who knows? This isn't even the message. I always have like 20, 30 pages written for the message, and I get to like four. But people turn to loving people because it's easier. I don't know if any of you saw, his name is Matthew Dowd. He appeared on, of course, MSNBC, Strike One. Former, I put it on the podcast last night, former Bush Cheney advisor called Jesus a groomer. True. He said if Jesus was alive today, which he is, then he'd be a groomer. He'd be called a groomer. That's what he said. He'd be called a groomer. And he said the most important part of this Easter celebration is that we love one another. It's not true. The most, important, mo it, the most important thing is that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. That's the most important thing. Yes, we are to love one another. But that's, see, he chooses that. He chooses, it's all false anyway. He says that he loves other people. He chooses to love other people because he actually chooses to love other people instead of loving God. That's what people do. They will worship something. He doesn't even worship other people. He just worships his own virtue. And that's what you're seeing in the world today. If you look at what's happening right now, it's absolutely, you have to be completely nonsensical and stupid to be going, al going along with any COVID narrative. Do you know what's happened in Australia over the last four months? It's four months, right? January, February, March, April, right? Four months. 
They've had more COVID deaths in those four months than 2020 and 2021 combined. And that 95% of their country is double vaxxed. Why is that happening? Because ain't nobody got an immune system anymore. That's why. You have to be nonsensical. If they can't kill you in the womb, they'll kill you outside the womb because the devil is a murderer, John 8, 44. You ought to be aware of these things because that's what's actually happening in the world. Liberal politicians throughout America right now are proffering legislation that will pass in California. It's coming. That you can abort your baby 28 days after it's born. In California, it will soon be legal to neglect your baby for the first seven days of its life outside of the womb. Neglect the baby to death and you will not be held accountable by statute. I didn't get to it last night in the podcast. I'll show you a video from California citizens. All in favor. If you wonder why nobody notices mass death, it's because they are of their father, the devil, and they want to carry out their father's desires. They can't kill you in the womb. They'll kill you in the birth canal. They'll partial birth abort, abort you. As Barack Obama proffered in Illinois, the no resuscitation bill, when a baby is born alive after a botched abortion, just leave it there on the cart as it screams for its life. That's who these people are. You see, we need to be, I'll get to the message someday. See, we need to be like Ron DeSantis. How dare you, Tom? How dare you bring, bring politics into the pulpit? Show me the verse that says I can't and I'll stop. Bring it to me at the door. There's gotta be a libtard in here somewhere. Bring it to me at the door. I'll, I'll do it. If you show me in the Bible, I'll stop. Because I live, I live by what the word of God says. Politics from the pulpit ain't in there. So I'll do whatever I want. They want to take away my 501c3. They can turn that sideways and put it where the masks are, the vaccines are, and everything else. No problem whatsoever. Sideways. Sideways. But you got all of these Bush-like, half-baked conservatives and Christians who don't think it's loving for Ron DeSantis to take away Disney's tax-exempt status. They think that. And I'm like, really? So somebody actually put this out on Twitter today, a big name, put it out on Twitter. Explain to me why it is a good thing that he's done it because I can't see it. Oh, really? Well, let's look. Since Disney wants to support legislation that supports grooming children, you want to you have in front of your eight-year-old a teacher demonstrate how to put a condom on a cucumber? You want to have in front of your six-year-old MTV videos where they talk about sexual content and nudity, which has all happened? Disney wants that. We all, most of us, if you're in the know, saw the videos of their, of their production executives 
Talking about we want to make sure that we infiltrate all of our materials, all of our productions with LGBTQ plus whatever it is, material, which is all hell-bound sin and of the devil. We want, to, we want to make sure that we put that in all of our production materials. In the new Buzz Lightyear, there's a lesbian or gay relationship in there. New Buzz Lightyear movie. I can't even watch Hallmark anymore because every time I watch Hallmark, they make sure that they push some homosexual relationship in my face. Every commercial now has that going on. Well, and then Disney, Disney didn't just come out and say it that they were against this bill, which is the parental rights bill, not the don't say gay bill, it's not even in there. They said, you know what, not only are we against it, we're going to actively lobby against it. We are going to actively fight against it using our resources. Well, their resources come from where? Their tax exempt status, given to them by politicians. If you want to poke the bear, then you get the bear. If you are living at the behest of a politician, then you probably ought not to poke that politician. It's not vengeance. They vow to use their multi-billion dollar resources given to them by the state of Florida. They can build a nuclear power plant on there without a permit. That's the truth. The Ready Creek exemption they can do anything they want. Well, that's gone now because they were going to use. How does this, what does this have to do with Christianity? Well, is homosexuality sin? Well, then it has to do with Christianity. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't let my kids step foot in a public school. And if I did, I would know everything on the curriculum and I would be at the school board meetings. It's, it's time for us to expose the, expose the darkness. Bring the light to the darkness. Instead of sitting there and cowering in a corner, we ought to be bringing the light into the darkness instead of asking the darkness to come to the light. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. Jesus speaking, John chapter 3, verse 20. So Ron DeSantis says, you know what, no more. You wanna use your multi-billion dollar tax exemptions to fight against moral political action? Okay, well then you don't get that tax break anymore. What's wrong with that? How's that any difference to trying to find out what's on Hunter's laptop? Trying to take vengeance? No, I'd like to know. I, I, I'd like to know why it is that Hunter flew over on Air Force Two with Joe and walked away with $1.2 billion. Just curious, and 10% goes to the big guy. I just wanna know, is that vengeance? No, I'd like to know, amen? That's what's happening in the world. It's all coming out, 90%. England, Australia, Israel, Scotland, it's all come out. 90% of their COVID deaths, fully vaccinated. 90% of their COVID hospitalizations, fully vaccinated. Now England has shut down releasing that data. They did it last week. 
We've already been doing that. CDC hasn't released that data ever. We have no idea what the hospitalization rate is for those double vaxxed. We have no idea. You know what it is? 90%. That's why. All right, back to us. We are privileged. Second Peter chapter 1, 3 and 4. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us, who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We can be partakers of the divine nature. But how many of us partake? You know what I pray for? I pray for God's glory and that, his, that he would be glorified and honored at Foundation Church, that the lost would be found and that miracles would be done. We need to be partakers of the divine nature. Now, how does the world get you back? Here you have all of these things, all things that pertain to life and godliness, his divine nature, we have all of those things. How does, the, how does the world get you back? They use the church to do it. Got quiet there, didn't it? What do you mean? Most, listen, most Christians won't turn back instantly. The world needs the church to do it for them. Where do you get that from, Tom? 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. One of the most prevalent verses here at Foundation Church. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh. Like every pastor today, most pastors today, are they talking about the proliferation of vaccine passports around the world where you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without them? No. It's just some great swelling words of emptiness message that those with itching ears want to hear. Preach the word. Be in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. What's the next verse? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. I had a friend of mine recently tell their pastor she was visiting. She said, you know what? She, she showed or gave or told her pastor about what I preached on Easter and how I don't care about people being offended. She said, you need to do that. And he, and he, compliment, he complimented me as it seems like a very sweet person. But here's the thing. Why do you need to be told that? Why are you not just preaching the word? Just preach it. Is homosexuality sin? Yes. Is, is pornography sin? Yes. Do we have men's and women's bathrooms? Yes. If you're, in, if you're a man and you're in Foundation Church's women's restroom, you might not get out alive. I don't care how you identify. It's like Pastor Rodney Howard Brown says. Women are, from Mar, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and every other sex comes from Uranus.
There you go. That's the only thing you'll remember from this message today. I'll let you laugh. <laughs> so how do they get you back? How do they get you back? How do they get Christians to feel like they're doing a good thing by accommodating sin in their church? What does it mean? Is that, that means that no sinners are welcome. They're all welcome. Anybody can come in here, but they're going to hear the gospel. I don't change the gospel so that you feel welcome. If you, listen, I, there's people, I, I, I don't know how they come here. God bless you. You're living in sin. You're not going to turn from it. You're welcome. I haven't changed. I even know, I, oftentimes I know who you are. But I'm not changing anything. You will see our crowds get big and our crowds get small. Overall, we will grow. But as we have, but you will see lean Sundays. Because we will run people off. The Bible does that. Many, Jesus died alone, except for two criminals surrounding him. Otherwise, he died alone. His words ran them all off. In John chapter 6, 53 through 67, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more, stating this is a hard saying. Who can, who can understand it? The world uses the church to get people back in the world. Back to 2 Peter 2.18. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped. They, 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 they allure back. This is churches. They allure back through lewdness, through the lust of the flesh. They bring them back into the world. They allure them with lies. They allure them with the most important thing about Easter is that we love one another. That's not true. That's a lie. Who's somebody who claims to serve Jesus said, who just called Jesus a groomer. All those who dedicate their services after George Floyd's death to 30, to 30 days worth of hating white people. George Floyd had nothing to do with white or black. That had to do with fentanyl. By the way, that was his cause of death. It's on the coroner's report. Somebody's in prison for 22 years for killing him, but he died of fentanyl. And by the way, I hate the way they handled that police call. I was a police officer for 25 years. Don't agree with how they handled it, but the truth is the truth. But you know, I, I don't want to be accused of being a racist, so we're going to do 30 days of hating white people services. We're going to take knees to black people. No, I don't take a knee to any man or woman. I don't care what color you are. Doesn't matter. But they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. So they use soft peddling, empty messages to allure people back to the world. This doesn't happen outside of the church. This is in the church, which is why every church closed under the virtue of caving to a lie. Well, we have our, you know, we have our masked services. 
You should have seen. I have pictures. I've kept them that Jeff Tomas sent me. Thank you, Jeffrey. Of a local church. They come in. You had to bring your own lawn chair because, you know, COVID dwells in chairs. It spread from one butt cheek to the other. So you had to bring in your own chairs. It was a church that looked about, had a room about this size. And you sat in your COVID clump with your family. You bring in your own lawn chairs. What? How does that make sense? I don't know. But everybody got to stand around and listen to swelling words of emptiness as they abided by the world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world. Is, is what you're doing the pattern of the world? Then why are you doing it? Does the Bible say flee disease? The Bible says to bind it. Let's say flee from it. Think of, think of Jesus did that. Jesus put his hand, it's in, it's in Matthew chapter eight, verse two. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him. See, you can kneel before Jesus. Came and knelt before him and said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. There's a form of leprosy, and it's about half of all cases are transmittable by touch. Jesus didn't run from it. Why in the world for a cold? 99.9, from zero to 50 years of age, COVID is, for, is, is more survivable than the flu. And about the same for 50 to 70. And really about the same afterwards. But those are the statistics in the entire church through great swelling words of emptiness. Closed, they were allured back to the world. It was all about closing the church, mission accomplished. We never closed, we never have, never will. Never closing, for any reason. Colossians chapter two, verse eight. See to it that no one takes you captive. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy that depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. See to it. How do you make sure that nobody's taking you captive? Whatever philosophy that you hear, what do you do? You find it in the Bible. Is it what the Bible says? I hear all sorts of people tell me that I'm wrong for preaching what I preach, but I have not found a Bible verse that stipulates that. There's all sorts of people that tell me that I'm unloving. Fine. Did you send $10,000 to the Ukraine? We did. I, I know what the Ukraine is. The Ukraine's a cover-up. It's a smokescreen for all the COVID data that's coming out but there's still innocent people there on both sides. And sadly, they live under the reign of two World Economic Forum activists, Vladimir Putin and Voldemar Zelensky, both of which are dictators. I don't just jump in, I find out. I don't just post a Ukrainian flag. I don't just black out my name. I find out what actually happened. I actually wait on the Lord. 
and see what happens instead of just jumping right in. Close your church, close your church, drape the Ukrainian flag, no. I'll wait and see. I'm gonna see what the Holy Spirit tells me because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That's what I'll wait on. Romans 8, 14 in that last verse. 1 Timothy 6, 20. Oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. You'll have these pastors preaching out of Christian authors' books. It's just, it's just contradictions of the Bible that are falsely called knowledge that Christians call the deep things. Christians who have never read the Bible call things outside the Bible the deep things. Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Romans eleven thirty three. You can never know the Bible. You'll never know it. You can have the entire thing memorized just like the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees did and still didn't know it. You can never know the Bible to its completion, but Christians feel the need. Well, I'm getting into the deeper things, but man, I want to drop names. God, when will you release me? I so much want to drop names of the books that Christians follow. The names of the authors of those books. Because they're just bold-faced lies. Profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Jude 3 and 4. How does the world get you back? Through the church. It worked, didn't it? Do you know how many churches are empty? Do you know how many churches are closed? Permanently? Just like 60% of all businesses that closed in 2020 and 2021 will never reopen again from COVID. From COVID, not, not, from, not from the disease, but from the fraudulent response to the disease. Churches are closed for forever. The building that we're sitting in is a victim. The mean guy wouldn't have gotten the nice guy's building. You cave to the world, I told you. People, people oftentimes, you're too harsh. By the way, who determines who's too harsh? Go ahead, show me. Now you better be armed now, because I am. You meet me outside. You realize that the Bible, when it comes to harshness, was written at a time where you were stoned for everything? That was harsh. Not a voice inflection. Well, I was fine, but I, I just really didn't care for how he said it. But it was truth that convicted your soul. Why are you not listening to the truth then? You don't have to go back to the church. It's funny how you say that you believe what I said, but you just didn't like the way that I said it, but you still didn't respond to the truth. So what is it that really offended you? Right? Jude 3 and 4, how do they get you back? See, some of you, you've been lured back. Oh, that loving message. Pastor calls you from that COVID clump church. He's so sweet. He's got that Southern Ark church drawl. 
uh, you know, don't, you know, don't forget, you know, to, to stay with the people that you've stayed with all of these years. He never, this side preaches his messages to it, okay? And that, you know, I just, you know, I just want everybody to know that I don't want to be in, I don't want to use any inflection because it offends, and I just want you to know that you're loved and that. Puke fest. Puke fest. Jude 3 and 4. I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. This isn't a competition. Bull crap. Who told you that? Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. I look at it as a competition. Us against the world. Us against the devil. Us against carnality. And I want to win. I want to win at everything. Period. If I'm competing, listen, I'm just, I'll warn you. If it's some church event, you see your kid come up and say, hey, T- Pastor Tom, I want to play you at this. I'll kneecap him to win. I'm going to win. I don't care how cute the kid is. He needs to learn his, he needs to learn his lessons in defeat. It, gets, it can go back the other way. I remember when, when Tommy got good at video games. He used to just destroy them all the time and laugh and make fun of them. And then he got way better than me and I quit. I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. Listen to this. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality, i.e. eternal security and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord, who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality. You get saved, you're always saved, and you can live however you want. That's what, that's what eternal security is. That's what Jude 3 and 4 is talking about. See, I'll just say it. I know there's Baptists in here. I know there's probably fellowship church refugees in here who preach that doctrine. It doesn't stop me. If the whole church empties out, I'll still preach the exact same message because I'm reading to you Bible verses. That is the hill my ministry will die on. I will only preach the Bible. So what do we have so far? His divine power has given to us what? Short list. All things that pertain to life and godliness. We have his power. Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not cringing, not thumb in your mouth, not masks, not quarantines, power. Not love. Whoops, that's not what it says. It doesn't say, but you shall receive love when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
I'm not speaking against love because God is love. I'm speaking against false love. God is love, therefore, therefore love is power. We have the knowledge of him. We have great, exceedingly great and precious promises. And we are partakers of the divine nature. Short list of four things. Power, knowledge, promises, and the divine nature. We have all of those things. We are privileged people. Privileged people. Let's start at the rudimentary. See now, when you hear a message, or you hear that a message is going to be preached about privilege, you think, you know, what? he's going to talk about prosperity, which I am. He's going to talk about healing, which I am. The blessings of God, which I am. But here's the problem, too, in the church. People oftentimes never talk about the foundation of those things. There's people that, are, that believe for prosperity that are addicted to pornography and believe they're going to heaven. They're not. There's people that are living allegedly in the blessings of God that are bold-faced liars. Well, let's look at the Bible online. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, Revelation 21.8. Nobody tells them. So they're out there you know, sending in their seed money, believing for the blessings of God, but living in sin because their prosperity preacher, which I am one, never tells them about sin though. This is why you have Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? They prophesied. Have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. That's literal. These people cast out devils and then burn in the same hell where the devils are. That's the truth. Many Christians are not real. You can often tell by whether they closed or not. In your name, we have cast out devils. In, the, in your name, done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. They were believing for prosperity. They even healed people. They did many wonderful works. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon the stand. That's Matthew 7, 24, right after 21 through 23. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat into that house, but it fell not for it was founded upon the rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. All written to people thinking that they're Christians and they're not. Because nobody ever told them. You want those verses? It's Matthew 7, 21 through 27. Study the word. Nobody tells them about sin. We'll tell you about sin here. There's people in this room who need to hear about it. Tom, you sound judgmental. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. 
You're not supposed to judge. Who told you that? Where, where, did, you find it? where did you find that at? Judge not yet, you, you therefore be judged, right? You therefore have no excuse, you pass judgment on someone else. Well, that's see, Tom, I was right. You therefore have no excuse, you pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge together, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. I can say easily homosexuality is a sin because I'm not going to a gay bar tonight. I've looked at plenty of pornography, believe me, profession, but I've repented of my sin. I would have died and gone straight to hell for it before I was saved and after I was saved if I didn't repent. People need to be talking about sin. Everybody thinks they're a mature Christian. I don't know that I've met one outside of Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. I, you're like, Tom, aren't you including that? Yeah. I'm not where I need to be. I'm way behind schedule. I got saved when I was 18 years old. Look where I am at now. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Must be a friend of mine. <laughs> I'm not happy with where I'm at. I don't mull a grub around about it. I don't pout about it. What's the point? But as a 53-year-old man, I'm behind schedule. But better's one day. And he'll make up the time. It's the great thing about this time that we live in. It's the greatest time ever to be a Christian. 26 minutes to go. Everybody good? If I stick with that. It's the greatest time because it's an acceleration of time. I'm taking this from Rodney Howard Brown. God will make up for last time now. Because we are running headlong into the end. And God's going to accelerate your gifting, accelerate your calling, and open doors for you. But you've got to get past. You've got to get past the dung heaps. There's no more time for depression or being bipolar or mental health days. There's no more time for it. There's no more time for you not to even know what you're gifted and called to do. Most Christians believe they're gifted and called to attend church. No, a church is where your giftings and callings manifest. Well, I want to I preach. Well, you know what? Do what I did. Start at the door. I ushered. That's what I did. I made myself available, and God opens doors. Many people are way too good to serve. Get in there and serve, you prideful, pride-go-before-destruction Christian. Starting at the rudimentary, John 6, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. You've been drawn. Are you saved? Shout amen. amen. You got that. You are privileged. You were drawn. Not everybody's drawn. Are we going to get it deep into the, into, well, look at it. Matthew twenty two fourteen. Many are, many are called, but few are chosen. Let's get deep into Calvinism. No. No, you just make the Bible easy. First Timothy chapter one. I mean, first Timothy chapter two, verse four. God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. What do you have verses? Many are called, few are chosen. You know what chosen means? Favorite. 
You choose it. Yes, it says God chooses because God does have thoughts and ways that are above ours. But if you want to be saved, get saved. You, why doesn't God draw everybody every second? They're not available to be drawn. That's why I don't witness to everybody. I wait for open doors. I don't just kick doors in. I wait for open doors and then I walk through them because not everybody is being drawn. Believe me, I've gone to many of my own family's gatherings. There ain't a soul in that room being drawn. I wouldn't know. How do I know? Because I have the Holy Spirit. He'll tell me things to come. I know. COVID stinks. Yeah, it stinks. I know. It's not me. I'm not glorifying in myself. I've been given the Holy Ghost. He knows, therefore I know, because I'm his temple. So you got saved. You're one of the few. Do you know that? Eight billion people live on this earth. Hardly anybody's saved. 350,000 people live in this county. Hardly any are saved. And many who got saved turned back. Just like five out of the seven churches in the book of Revelation were bad. Three out of the four scenarios in the parable of the sower where the seed of the word of God is cast out is bad. The devil takes it, it gets choked or it doesn't grow. So you got saved, you're one of the few. Narrows the way, few find it. Matthew 7, 14. Few find it. Now you ought to take your salvation you ought to not take it for granted. Some of us were so Christianized. You can be so Christianized, you lose your salvation. You just, it just becomes a cultural thing to you like a Catholic. Yeah, I say anything, anything, I don't care. I was raised Catholic anyway. I can say anything I want about Germans, Irish, and Catholic. I'll say anything about anybody though, just so you know. I'm bored otherwise. I couldn't be one of these boot-licking butt-kissers. I can't do it. It's not even because I hate it. It's because it's boring. It's like I, I couldn't raise my kids that way. Everything the kid wants, they get. It's boring. I'm not watching their cartoons all day. They'll watch what I watch. I don't go, I don't take them on all these Disney vacations. We went skiing. I, I remember Norma in Canada. Norma loves when I talk about her. There's, there she is right there. That's my daughter. When you go skiing with me, you ski until the lifts close. If I'm flying up there and I'm spending all that ski vacation, 10,000. I'm telling you, you there's no escape. I, I promise you, unless you're one of those absolutely just maniacal tightwads, I'm telling you, ski vacation, 10 grand. You book a trip right now to Breckenridge, Colorado, you just get a simple hotel, it's 10 grand. Flights, all those lift tickets, everything else, 10 grand. If I'm spending that, you're skiing.
What I mean by that is Norma made the mistake of saying, oh, I want to go with you guys today. Tommy knows the rules. He gears up. Even if he hates it, whatever it is, we're there till the lifts close. They close at 4 p.m. And I always try to get there right at 3.59. So I get the one more ride up to the top of the mountain. So I'm skiing on their time for 15 minutes. So there we are, sub-zero temperatures. And Norma's not happy. Norma starts to cry. Can I wait for you down in the village? No. I'm not leaving you down there. Well, you're like 13 at the time. No. I'm not leaving my 13-year-old girl in a ski village down at the bottom of the hill. You're with me. So she's crying on the ski lift on the way up. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm watching her. All right. You knew, should have gone with your mom. Nope, never skis. Skis like one day, like half a day, like half of a half of a day. <laughs> Slowest skier on the planet, by the way. I'm a... <laughs> so world, she has like world record in slowness. <laughs> <laughs> so you're one of the few hardly anybody gets saved I know they say this is a Christian nation that's a lie it's a religious nation it's not a Christian nation it's barely even a religious nation anymore hardly anybody goes to church but make sure that you're saved through the word how are you saved? 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23 Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God. Through the Bible. Saved through the Word of God. Not fresh starts and new beginnings and faith journeys. It's called repentance. Saved through the Word. Turning to Jesus for the propitiation of your sins in repentance of that sin. Everything else is a lie. Well, you know, on this Easter, I used, to, I used to stalk other churches on Facebook. I would. I would always check them because there's all kinds of foundation. I used to be into that. And that's what keeps you small. I used to go and be like, oh, yeah, they left the church, and this is where they go now. And I'd watch and say, what's going on at that church? And I'd watch their church or whatever. And the people who left are the ones who don't want the Bible. They, then they went to the ark churches, the ones that don't preach anything, who gets their canned messages off the internet or the ark church website. They all preach the same thing. Toy Story 1, Naked and Unafraid, Summer Playlist, At the Movies, they all do the same thing. And many Assembly of God churches jump right on board with that too. But I would go and I'd watch them. And I, you know, I'd be like, you know, I can't, you know, I can't believe that they go there. And then these churches would post their stats. How many fresh starts we had today? What, the, what, what does that mean? And I would listen to their altar calls. There wasn't a word about, there was not a word about sin. The three-letter word was never mentioned. Who wants to follow Jesus today? Oh, I'll follow Jesus. What does that mean? It means anything you want it to mean. If you believe that Jesus is this, then you're following this. If you believe that Jesus is that, you're following that. But Jesus is the word. 
Most of those people would not make that yes commitment if they knew what the Bible said. They're, they're following Jesus because they're making a commitment to better themselves. They are making a commitment to be a nicer person than the average person in the world. It's not following Jesus. Following Jesus is turning your back on your old life. That means you walk in living with your girlfriend and you walk out not living with your girlfriend. That's what it means. But those, in those churches, they sign up both boyfriend and girlfriend onto the worship team as they fornicate their, their, themselves straight to hell and nobody says a word to them because they have a fresh start and a new beginning in a faith journey. Nobody tells them about sin. Great swelling words of emptiness, though. This is the truth. This is not loving enough. That's on you. If the Bible is not loving enough for you, you love too much. And you are your own golden carved image because you are following your own theology. I stand unequivocally on the word of God. On healing, the Bible. Prosperity, the Bible. Sin, the Bible. Everything. Protection, the Bible. Church, the Bible. The reflection of myself, the Bible. How do I, you know, how do I look to God? Well, what does the Bible say about how I look? So how are you saved? Tommy, are you trying to make people uncomfortable about how they're saved? Yeah, if you never turn from your sin. If you turn from your sin and Jesus received the lump of your sin on his shoulders, then you're saved. If there's no remission of sin, if there's no repentance of sin, then you're not saved. I'm, I'm doing you a favor. I'm loving on you right now. Everybody else wants you to like them at the expense of your eternity. Oh, like me, love me. All the Republicans are like that. Like me, love me. What are you, what are you talking about? Legislate. And don't worry about anything else. Let the chips fall where they may. That's the way to live. Instead of always worrying about pleasing people. You can't be a bondservant of Christ and please people. Galatians 1.10. So are you saved through the word of God or great, great swelling words of emptiness? Sin has to be discussed. Sin has to be eradicated or, or you weren't saved. It's salvation through soft-pedaled religion then and it's not salvation. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Do you see it now? If, you're, if your altar call has nothing to do with sin, then you are saying that you have not sinned. You are calling God a liar and you are not saved through the word. Man, Tom, you're mean. No, it's not mean, it's true. Mean is not old school, new school, nice, mean. Truth is the truth. 
Let it sit wherever it's supposed to sit with you right now. Let it sit there. Jesus said this. For those of you that think I'm mean, Jesus would never get through the pastoral process in any church. The pastoral selection process. You know, they got a board and all that. We don't have any of that garbage. Jesus would never make it through. He's too mean. He made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple. Calls people sons of hell. Calls people Satan. Calls them that to their face. You travel land and sea to win one proselyte, one convert. And when you do, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. That's what Jesus said. I don't even know if I said things that mean. It's the truth, though. That's what the Pharisees needed to hear. Some of us, listen, it's just like when you're raising kids. There's kids that need lots of spankings, Tommy. And then you have kids who just need a few spankings, Norma. Some people will respond with words. Some people need spiritual paddles thumped into their soul. Depends on what you need. For some of you, COVID was the greatest thing in the world because it exposed who you were. And what you did, though, you went, you know what? I'm going to the, I'm going to the Bible. I forgot my, I don't have a mic in here anymore. I'm running to the Bible. I'm going to the Word of God. Jesus said, John chapter 12, verse 48, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I, will, that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. The word will judge him. All of us, most of us know Revelation 20, 11 through 15. And I saw those small, I saw the dead, small and great stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of the things that were written in the books according to their works. That's the Bible. The great white throne judgment's coming and our church people are not exempt because they call themselves Christians. Oh, we're just, you know, we're, we're just, you know, I'll, I'll go back, let me use my right voice voice for you. You know, we're just all so very happy, you know, today that the homosexual community feels comfortable in our church and we're just very glad for that and y'all are welcome here and we love you. And what they'll tell you is, well, we do, you know, we're seeker sensitive and we're not going to tell them things because if we, if we tell them the truth, they'll leave. Well, what's the point in them staying? If they're, if they're staying going to hell or they're leaving going to hell, what's the difference? You're actually making them, you're inoculating them to conviction. What's the point? Tom, what's this have to do with being privileged? You can't get to it unless you're truly saved. And even after you're truly saved, which I won't get in today, if you're completely and totally distracted, you won't live in the, you won't live in the privileges of God. If your life is about anything more than studying the word, prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship, if your life is centered around anything else, you're not gonna operate in privilege. Well, I'm busy, I've got kids. Yeah, right. I've done, don't, don't bother with it. I had my, we launched this church when Norma was three and Tommy was five. Don't tell me about being busy. Then the economic collapse happened in 2006 through eight. 
I, I worked seven days a week for two years. Two straight years, Monday through Saturday at the sheriff's office, pulling every extra shift I could muster. I, I, I worked one night like this. I worked till five in the morning, drove home, slept for 48 minutes, got back up and went and directed traffic in Sarasota for another four hours. Don't tell me about being busy. I'm the wrong guy. For 13 of the 16 years of this church, I was a full-time full law enforcement officer. Don't tell me about being busy. See, if you talk to me about it, I'll say I threw away my life. Because I, I didn't spend, I had plenty of time even then to study the word. I didn't study it like I should. Tommy seemed to know the word pretty good. It's sad that I'm upper echelon. See, quiet, man. I can make a room quiet. That's my gift right there. It's quiet. You guys think it's, some of you probably was just prideful. No, why don't you just, why don't you take what I'm saying instead of the delivery? Who, who gives you the right to judge delivery anyway? <laughs> amen. I'll amen myself. <laughs> why not? I laugh at all my own jokes too. I find myself to be hilarious. Just ask my family. I can barely get out my own jokes because I'm already laughing. <laughs> John 5, 24, most assuredly, we got about six minutes to go. Everybody good? Time goes by fast, doesn't it? Most assuredly, I say to you, here, here's my word. Here's my word and believes in him who sent me, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. How, what, what does that mean? Even go to the verses before. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. The Word is everything. Are you saved through the Word? Are you saved through the Word? All right, so you got saved, and you are one of the few. Let's look into this for a minute in closing. I wrote, I wrote this right before the, before the uh, service started. I just wanted to throw this in here so all that we talked about was not sin. I wanted you to know this. What about prayer? I'm about to tell you some of the meanest things you've ever heard in church. Are you ready? Are you supposed to love the world? You're supposed to love people, but not the world system. Understand that's what it's talking about here. And people that are abiding in the world system. You always love the person, but you never love the system. If the person is abiding in the world system, understand this. They get nothing from God until the moment they repent. That's the truth. And I want you to see this. What happens for those of us who are privileged when it comes to prayer? John chapter 6, verse 6. When you pray, go into your room. I love how God talks. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. If you're a Christian who needs to be seen, that's all you will ever get. If you're a Christian that needs to be thanked and glorified, that's all you will ever get. 
God will not reward you openly. How does the mean guy end up pastoring this church? Then oh, there's so many other more qualified people. There's so many other people that are nicer. Why does he end up up there? Because I didn't try to be thanked all the time, appreciated all the time, need to be seen all the time. I need people to, to see my talent. You know, have you noticed that you've gone nowhere and that God never promotes you because you've received your reward? It's like he said, don't be like the Pharisees, those hypocrites. And they pray on the street corners. And when they fast, they put on uh, frowns and they look like they're suffering. They've received their reward. The person, oh man, you guys look like you're really suffering for that fasting. That's all they get. They don't get the blessings of God. That's all they get. So when you say, you know what? You know, I just, you know, I, I work my butt off for the church and nobody says thank you. Okay, I'll walk up to you. I'll do that to you on purpose. That's all you'll get. God won't promote you. I never did that. Never. I never went up to a pastor and said, you know, I just want you to know I did all that work and nobody even mentioned me in the service. What's the matter with you? You're 40. That's how you, you want to get promoted? That's how you get promoted. Serve God only. Let him reward you. He'll purposely not for a while until you don't want to be rewarded. John 14, 14. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Matthew 7, 7 and 7, 8. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. And unto him that knocks, it will be opened. That's us. Now I'm going to bridge it into the world. 1 Peter 3, 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Understand that. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. They're on us. They're not on the world. You're privileged. Yahweh is watching you. I don't care how you feel. Bring those thoughts into subjection. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Listen to the next verse. And having it a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Revenge? Hi, Ron DeSantis. Seriously. There's nothing wrong with making Disney pay. I know vengeance belongs to God. He will take it. <laughs> someone said, he did. Someone said, and he did. You're right. Amen. <laughs> For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. What about the world? You're not allowed to say this, Tom. His ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do, do evil. God's not mad at you. How many of you heard that in church? I heard that from a guy who used to be my favorite pastor in the world. He used to pray, preach it all the time. People just need to understand that God's not mad at you because he disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a son. 
Hebrews 12, 6. Whoops! <laughs> do you think about that when you're about to sin? I do. I think about the punishment of God. Does that keep me honest? Yeah. Where did I get that from? A good father. My dad was a good dad. There was a price to be paid for disobedience in the Lipley house. Just like there is in mine. I think about it. I don't want God's judgment. I don't want God's justice. I want God's grace and mercy. And I stay obedient and I don't live in sin. I get that. I get his mercy. Listen to your privilege. The eyes and the ears of God are on you, but not anybody who's not saved. Oh, how can you say that? I didn't. I didn't. The Bible says it. Well, that's not very welcoming to the lost. Don't care. What will win the lost is preaching the word, not your convoluted sense of love and tolerance and accommodation. They need the paddles. The ark, listen, the ark church owned 2000. They owned 2000 to 2020. Us zealots who stand in the word of God, we own the rest of time. We own it. Tom, you said we'd be out here at 12. It's 12.02. I'm almost done. Psalm 4.3. But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. You are set apart for God's pleasure. God loves being with you. He sets you apart. And you have no time for him in prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship. Church is an option. Not according to God. But he has set apart him that is godly all for himself. What's the next part? The Lord will hear when I call upon him. Nobody else gets that. You do. They can pray all they want. I hear all these people talking. I hear all these baby butchers. Well, you know, I prayed. You're praying to nothing. You're praying to Satan. You're getting nothing from God. Listen to this. I've only got three verses and we're done. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 3. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desires of the wicked. These are mean verses. This is the Bible. I told you most of these ark people, they would never choose to get saved. If they, if they were saved through the incorruptible word of God, they wouldn't, they wouldn't choose it. The, world, the, Lord would not allow, the Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish? Well, that sounds like God is prejudiced. He is. He's prejudiced by the blood. Wherever the blood covers all your sins, here comes God. If it doesn't, he's not. He casts away the desires of the wicked. Get this. The Lord is far from the wicked. But what about your prayers? But he heareth the prayer of the righteous. For those, listen, some Christians are like this. And I, I, if it's you, it's you. They're like, you know what? You know, my, my son or my daughter, you know, they're not living the way that they should. But, you know, they're saved and they have a good heart. No, they don't. The Lord is far from the wicked whether they Christianize their wickedness or not. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. He doesn't even hear their prayers. The moment they repent, he does. 
That's, their own, that's the only prayer that he can hear until that moment. He doesn't hear their prayers. Lots of Christians are confused about why God doesn't answer their prayers. I don't know, you sleeping with your girlfriend? He doesn't, he is far from the wicked. I don't care that mom and dad think you're a stalwart of Christianity and they don't know you're sleeping with your girlfriend. God does. Just go, you know what, if that's you, get out and own it. Yeah, I'm a fornicator. Own it. The worst thing you can be is a hypocrite. Those are the ones Jesus cast out of the temple. He ate with the sinners. Go join the sinners. I would prefer that you be cold. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. Be cold. Don't masquerade as a Christian. Well, Tom, that means I'm not going to come to the church anymore. Good. I would rather you have a chance of being saved than be inoculated Sunday after Sunday in your own hypocrisy. You're welcome. Last two verses. It's Proverbs 15, 8, and 9. And I love this because it applies today. Worship team, make your way. Almost made it, 12.06. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. Vaccinating, locking down, face masks. It's an abomination to the Lord. Look at my virtue, wearing something that's absolutely useless in the name of love. Proffering useless things, saying that they're useful, lying to people in the name of love. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. And they, and, and they always reveal themselves anyway. The very same people trying to save five to seven million people from COVID, allegedly, that died, are the very same people in that same time butchered 100 million people in the womb and caused 300 million people to starve to death from their lockdowns. So that's half a billion people they killed to save five million. Who's behind it? He was a murderer from the beginning, Satan himself. The sacrifice of the wicked, that's why, you see it now? They're we're trying to save these five million people while we're aborting our babies. That's why the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. You are privileged. The only question, look at me, the only question is, will you walk in it? Or will you choose misery instead? Well, I've got this going on, I've got that going No, choose God. And he will, listen, listen, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Walk in your privilege. He is the glory and the lifter of your head. Lift your head on high and walk in your privilege. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, 
and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.